Yeah, she'll teach you how to be artistically you. Not afraid to talk about what's taboo. So don't play small. Join the podcast with Nikki Collins. Autism Unmasked. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Autism Unmasked. My name's Nikki Collins. I'm the autism coach and author of Through Autistic Eyes. You can find out more about my coaching and my book on my website, theautismcoach.co.uk. And today I am joined with Nikki Marshall, who is an author, a speaker, she's a director, she's a publisher, she's multi-award winning, and she has just been on the trip of a lifetime and it's been 10 years in the manifestation process, proving that things take work. And just because you can see a pretty picture, it doesn't mean that you have just gone and done the things. There's some background work. And you can't just click your fingers and magic it up. But Nikki's going to tell us and share about her amazing trip and some of the amazing work that she's been doing as well. So thank you for being here today, Nikki, and welcome to, to the show. Brilliant. Another Nikki to chat to. Really, <laughs> yeah, really excited to, um, you know, to come on your podcast and just kind of chat. And we spell our name the same way. We do. I know there are so many ways to spell it and people always get it wrong. It was put two K's in mine. <laughs> yeah, there's some very unusual ways to spell our name. <laughs> yes, like Nike. I'm like, that's Nike. It's not Nike. <laughs> exactly. So, I met you when we networked, when we was in lockdown through, uh, well, online networking. I wrote a chapter in one of your bounce back books, which is all around mental health and coming back from adversity. And I mean, those books, not only were they brilliant in the what was inside them, but what they actually achieved from the money that they generated also, which I believe was probably one of the reasons you got one of your awards it certainly fed, fed into it so it was just amazing yeah we really started a movement there like you say I'd met so many amazing people so my backstory I had a stroke in 2010 and was given this picture of how my life was going to be and for a while I believed it and then went no actually I think I can do better than that and totally recovered from the stroke, you know, got my diving medical back, which the uh, the doctors had said would Im- was impossible. So that kind of got me into that. Maybe there is more to this manifestation, you know, when you've got a clear vision and a stubborn streak, I think all sorts of stuff can happen. And yeah, the bounce back journey, the original book came out about three weeks before lockdown. So we had no idea that these books were going to do what they did. And so then we did women's health, which uh, you were a part of talking about mental and physical health, men's health um again people said oh you'll never get men to talk about their health mm-hmm. uh, 20 men did including um martin roberts from homes under the hammer um we got some local dj you know it's just it was just a great book too um then we did careers and then we did parenting so we've got five bounce back journey books out there we've had a hundred people contribute to them and like you say the profits go to support mental health awareness so we put on a a free well-being workshop every single month um we've done uh, mental health awareness training for a hundred construction workers and then covid happened and we haven't been able to get into building sites for a while um but we donated to uh suicide prevention bristol and there's there's more in the pipeline there's 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 more. So um, 
yeah, like you say, it's amazing. If you just take first, the first couple of steps and think, you know, I wonder what will happen next. <laughs> All sorts of magic can happen. <laughs> Absolutely. And these causes, I mean, it's a, it's a shame that they're there in the first place. It's a shame that there's a need for them. But suicide prevention and things like that has got a soft spot for me or a place in my heart because I lost my dad to suicide back in 2012. That sort of thing, it changes people. You're never quite the same after an experience like that. And I wouldn't change anything because I wouldn't be who I am today if I hadn't have had that experience. But to prevent it in the first place for other people having to go through those experiences, yes, I'm all for that. (laughs) Yeah. Like you say, it's like the stroke. You know, I'm not glad I had a stroke, but I'm glad I had the opportunity to do my life differently because I was on a trajectory that wasn't going to be it wasn't going to be good for me if I if I'd carried it on. And with the suicide, you know, the the mental health, put my teeth in the mental health awareness training. um, There was one particular session we did and someone just stayed sitting at the end. And apparently three weeks before someone had wrestled him off of a bridge and he'd started this new job with a new company, new people, hadn't told anyone his history, had split with his girlfriend, was having the worst day of his life. And we were able to talk to his supervisor, to talk to the, the construction helpline, um, you know, to get him some proper help. And he, he messaged me afterwards and he said, I don't believe in fate, but whatever meant you were, you know, in my world that that day, I think saved me. So I, I get goosebumps every time I think about him. Um you know, it's it's priceless. Oh, I, I know. Yeah, that's it's amazing. It's amazing, and it kind of it's such a privileged position to be in as well. And you sculpted it out for you. You've gone there by choice. Yeah. So, um, you know, Sharon and I both had people, a family member and a friend. Uh, one was one took their life. One was a really serious attempt. Um, he had minutes to live and had to have heart surgery to to recover. Um, and so we were, we kind of thought, well, what can we do? And we looked around Bristol and there were so many waiting lists for everything. And we thought, well, maybe we can just raise some awareness, raise some money, make some noise. And we did a, a local hackathon. We had a mental health hackathon. We had 50 people come and talk about mental health in Bristol. Um, and that was where it started. That was 2019. And, you know, next year um, we're working on a podcast. We're working on a, an in-person meet on helping some more local charities so yeah like you say be careful what you start because it can grow yes and yours has definitely grown and gained momentum <laughs> like the proverbial snowball going down a hill <laughs> yes well, look, you wrote one chapter in that book and in a few days time I believe your books are going to be arriving yes at the time of recording so when this goes out into the world, my book will be out there. So it was the bounce back book and writing that chapter that gave me the belief that if I could write one chapter, I could write the entire book. It was just I needed to follow that process and rinse and repeat. And that's what I did. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? How these things can happen. And you think, oh, I just I wonder what would happen if I just did a bit more of that. <laughs> Exactly. Well, it's amazing what consistency, where that can get you. It really is. And and you started with writing your your own book, didn't you, before going into this? Yeah. So I wrote my first book in um, 2010. I wrote a book. There was 100 tips to love your life. I was basically putting a tip on Facebook every morning back then. And 
I think I wrote like 300 <laughs> at the time because like you say, it becomes a habit. You do it every morning. It was the first thing I did. Whatever I was thinking about that morning, thinking about helping people, I would just write a tip on Facebook and people sort of found them useful. So then I put 100 into a book and I self-published through a company called Completely Novel. Um, the cover was very sort of tie-dye gradient. I've, we've we've relaunched it. We relaunched it during lockdown because I looked at it. I was like, wow, this looks awful compared to what we're doing now. Yeah. But someone had that book on their bookshelf and turned out they were the, the then wife of the um, HR director at Great Ormond Street Hospital. And he asked me to speak to their leadership and development team as a result of that cheeky little book. Um, yeah. And then I wrote a book uh, called An Everyday Witch, which I was running a cafe called The Witch's Brew. So it was all about woman in total charge of herself. It was like female empowerment, supporting mums and women. And it was just like a safe space that people could come because in my life, there's been time, there was a time when I didn't have a safe space. So I was trying to create that. Um, mm. So I wrote the book, which was a fictional book about my my life, my divorce, bringing up my children as a single parent, discovering, um, you know, manifestation and magic and all that kind of thing. Um, so I wrote those two back then. And I've since recovered that one and called it Tabby Turns the Tables because it was all really about the character, not the not the witch thing. That was kind of just a part of the bigger story. Um, yes, yeah, so that's the other thing with books. You know, if they no longer fit, you can recover them. You can rewrite them. You you know, they, they don't have to be like done like that. You can just just change it to fit with what you're doing at the time. Yeah, that's, it's brilliant, isn't it? And it's amazing, again, what putting a book out of any size, who that captures and and where it goes and where it gets you. I mean, for me, the book hasn't even come out and I've got one person who's going through the autism assessment process because I asked her if she'd like to beta read it and she said yes. She got three chapters in, was incredibly triggered because everything was, this is me, this is me, this is me. Oh, my God, this is also me, 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 me. Am I? And over the course of a very short period of time, about a month, six weeks, she was down to the doctors. And the only reason it was, took that long is because she went back over to the States for a month-long break and was away from the internet and access to medical services in the UK. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? Like you say, something can just, you know, as a result of what, what you wrote, someone made a choice that's going to be, um, you know, really good for them. One of my, um, one of my customers in, in the shop, um, she'd ended up in A&E for, she had a spider bite and had a massive reaction to it. Ooh. And she said, as a result of reading when I wrote Rescued by the Coast Guard, because I'd written all about the stroke and while it was happening. And there was a point where, I remember just in my head thinking over to you, I just had to give, give my sort of um, my power, I suppose, over to the medical profession because I was so poorly and I was like, actually, you know what you're doing. So I'm not going to try and control this. I'm just going to let you do, what, you know, let you do what you need to do and look after me because I'm really ill. And she said she remembered that bit and just thought that. And there was a point she said it just made me relax and go, actually, they've, they've got me. I'm OK. I can just. I don't have to, you know, micromanage this situation. Um, so like you say, someone can just have a have a different experience than what they would have had had they not read your words. So, 
Yeah. Exactly. So on the topic of experience and experiences, you've just had the experience of an absolute lifetime. And it is one of those things that has taken some time to manifest. And I remember back in 2016, I read a question and it was fast forward 10 years. Now look back. What have you achieved? And the reason I'm saying this is because this was a 10-year window for you. And tell us about the the trip of a lifetime, your experience. Yeah, so roll back, as I say, 2010, I had a stroke and it took me about three years to fully recover. But by, Mm. by 2012, so 10 years ago, I was feeling a lot better. I was mostly recovered and I'd got to a point where um, I knew I needed to sell my business because it was six days a week in a coffee shop. We had a, heli- a sort of therapy center behind it. So I think at the height, we had six part-time staff and seven therapists in this space. So it was busy. And I had got to the point where I thought I need to do more. And I'd read the laptop lifestyle and the four hour work week and, you know, all these books and thought, God, how do people work from anywhere? How, how do you do that? I don't, you know, I've got a six day a week in-person place I need to open the door every day I don't know how I'm going to do that then I went to therapies which was mainly evenings and weekends Mm. again I was thinking how do you know how do people do this um so in 2012 I'd sold that business but it was also my parents 50th wedding anniversary they're the most amazing couple they're just lush and we'd managed to get two weeks in an RV and we'd gone around sort of California and Arizona bit of Utah we'd done this little kind of loop and and had an amazing time, you know, went to San Francisco, drove up Route 1, did all these lovely things. And I jokingly said to them, you know, see you in 10 years. Yeah, Obviously, we have had holidays since then. Like, you know, we've been away together. We don't just once every 10 years meet up. But um, <laughs> yeah, so, so this year, like you say, lockdown created, created a lot of angst in the beginning because all our in-person work just stopped. We went to zero overnight. Ah, oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. well-being used to be very much in person. Um, so we were sort of looking at how we how we did what we did. And mum and dad, it was their 60th wedding anniversary this year. So I got them a telegram from the Queen, which was, you know, amazing. But we said, well, should we do a different trip? And we talked about where we wanted to go. And I said, we're going to need three weeks to do, you know, to do it properly and to do that. We there was like a bigger loop that we wanted to do. So mm. that's what we did. We put it in process. And actually, because we do um, like leadership development, but it's all virtual, we work quite a lot with tech companies. So um, I was giving uh, mentoring from an RV in on the outskirts of Yellowstone National Park. <laughs> it was an hour a week, an hour a week for three weeks. And in between, I did a bit of editing for some of our books that are coming out. But apart from that, we started off in Vegas night in a hotel, then picked up the RV. Um, we went up to um, Zion National Park, then Monument Valley, which was a real special treat for, for me. And it rained, so the cloud was lower than the monuments. Apparently it was like a real, they, they said they've never seen it on the webcam before. So yeah, that was a real experience. Then we went on up to um, Salt Lake City and, and the lakes, and then um, then on up to Yellowstone national park so we spent three days in yellowstone yellowstone and we had a herd of bison actually come down the road past the rv they'd kind of got 
think I got lost because there was a hill one side and a drop the other. So they had to come down the road. There was about 100 of them with babies and it's huge. And their eyes, if you look in their eyes, they're so majestic. So we had about 20 minutes of, I'd gone down the road to film them and then realised they were coming our way. So <laughs> I in the RV and just sat there with the window open kind of filming. But yeah, they were just incredible. Um, then we went over to, uh, where did we go? Went to Mount Rushmore and Devil's Tower. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah. And they, again, it's a really spiritual place. A lot of the, uh, you know, the sort of native tribes all kind of have ceremony there and stuff. So that was just lovely because it's a real interest of mine. Um, then we went to uh, Colorado, down to Colorado, and then down through Santa Fe and New Mexico. So, um, and then back along through Sedona, which is in Arizona. My, I, yeah, just love it. And, and then a night uh, by Lake Mead before back to Las Vegas. So we did nine states and 3,600 miles. In- wow. Wow. What an experience. That's amazing. Are you going to do any more? Are you doing a 70th? <laughs> I did say see you in 10 years. <laughs> my dad's 83 and my mum's 79. And they went, well, you know, we like a challenge. Bless, <laughs> oh, bless uh, them. Bless them. Yeah. So, think, yeah, 60 years is a, is a challenge that they've uh, embraced very well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it both you know myself and my brother have been have been divorced um we were like what's you know I don't know, we just didn't get the memo I don't think but yeah they you know they were holding hands and making jokes and it, it's just lovely seeing but again I think it's the energy that you put into things because they've always put the energy into their family mum said to me once you know oh what a lovely family we've got and I said yeah but you created that because you created that space with us like my mum, if I don't ring my mum, she'll ring me, you know, or a text or something. And the same with my girls, they'll ring mum, they'll sort of say, oh, Nan's doing this. I'm like, she didn't tell me, why do you know? Um, <laughs> but, but it is that that energy, isn't it, of, of you know, feeding feeding that your relationships. Because I know a few years ago, I thought I, I'm a bit more of a work bore. I think I was just putting too much. We were trying to grow everything. And I was, I just thought I've, I've not been the best friend. So now sort of you know every day I'll kind of tune into my my sort of circle as it is and think well have I messaged them or is there something they need or could I just send a text or shall we create a day it was with my other daughter my daughter last night it's like a light shirt Bristol Bristol Cathedral is lovely um but you kind of have to have the awareness of things to make things happen you know when you get busy things can slip can't they exactly exactly and has that been easier since you've been able to take your business online yes yes I think so um but again I think there's the one thing I've had to look because the last um, couple of years I'm waiting to get a formal ADHD diagnosis but post menopause Mm. I was kind of I kind of self-diagnosed myself uh, self-diagnosed myself talked about it when my daughter was diagnosed when she was younger never really had to do anything about it because it wasn't really an issue for me nothing really it didn't ever become a real problem but Mm -hmm. post-menopause the the sort of stress levels the extra cortisol it seems to you know really my executive function (laughs) has been a struggle so I think again you can get into that online meeting after meeting after meeting and you have to look at well why am I having this meeting and when am I going to write up my notes? When am I going to work on my long-term projects? And kind mm-hmm. of make sure you schedule the the time for the 
the things that are important as well as eating and you know taking breaks going for walks as we were talking about earlier you know. yeah absolutely I've already scheduled all of 2023's annual leave and that's the first thing that goes into my diary I started it this year and it's the first thing that goes into the diary because if I'm not looked after if I don't get that rest and respite then everything else doesn't work <laughs> And it, yeah. is, it used to be for me, it used to be like a very precarious stack of cards, like the, the house of cards. And each year I get better at boundaries, at juggling things, not so many, so much juggling things, but saying no, prioritizing and again, charging my worth as well. That helps. So you're not taking on as much. And you're actually what you're putting out there is is beneficial to everyone involved. Yeah, like you, I have to put the holidays in because otherwise I'll find I have one meeting one week and one meeting the next. And you're like, what? So, you know, it's all going on. So um, and the other thing I asked me is, is this going to take me towards my goals or away from them? Because <laughs> yeah. we can do stuff, can't we? You know, you can get busy and you can think, you know, I'm a great shiny object person. Like, oh, you know, but I try and give myself a bit of a bit of contemplation time before I say yes, because something can sound really shiny in the moment. And then you look at what else you've got on or what you're trying to achieve. You know, people say, how do you, how do you run three separate businesses? Cause we've got the personal like membership mentoring as well as the corporate and the publishing, but there's not just me. I have Sharon, who's my business partner, as, as you know, who is amazing. I always joke that everyone needs a Sharon because <laughs> I run things past her and go, Oh, there's this thing and it's really shiny. And I think we should, and she's just like, no, and and she says well think about it if we do that we can't do that I'm like oh yeah but we really want to do that (laughs) (laughs) and that's where the ADHD can trip you up (laughs) yeah yeah I mean sometimes she says she doesn't say yes all the time and paints her as a bad person she says yes to something (laughs) but if I haven't really thought it through and I'm trying to just say yes because something looks like you say it just looks like fun and also I'm a um, a very high yellow in in like the sort of social styles personality so I want you know if it's fun and there's gonna be lots of people there I'm like yeah let's do it you know <laughs> <laughs> yes I like um small small groups like two people and I'm the second person <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I've had to balance I need quiet time over you know, since since the strike, since my 40s, I've realized that yes, I, I am like Tigger. I love, you know, give me a stage or a crowd of people. I'm great. Yeah. But I need that rest and recovery time. And I think that was the bit, that was the memo that I, that I missed. So I do plan quiet times too. And like you say, over the years, I've got, I like me. I like my own company. You know, I don't, I don't always need to be in the company of other people, which when I was younger, I probably, probably did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so did you have, take any lessons from your, from your trip <laughs> lessons from my trip yeah I think everything's so like th- like the planet we live on is vast and mm. when you're climbing a mountain or on a mountain top or overlooking the ocean or some of the midwest like the plains going through like Idaho and Wyoming you know just just endless plane upon plane upon plane you know you can almost sort of see the cowboys you know riding with their wagons and stuff from years ago because it's just it's just vast. And so I think, at the, you know, we talk about at the moment, there's a lot of talk about lack. Um, 
Mm. Don't get me wrong. There are people who are lacking. Like I, you know, I'm not taken away from that in any means. If you have to use the food bank or you're struggling to pay your bills, like there is, there is lack, but sometimes we have, we have choices. So there is an abundance of, of time, maybe, you know, some people always seem to have time for stuff and other people always seem to run, but we've got the same 24 hours. So sometimes how you, how you view things. And I think the gratitude for being able to spend some time in nature, spend some time in my, with my family. And actually I learned that through COVID because I'd done a vision board just before COVID. It's my birthday in February. So I always do a vision board. And I'd put about going to Machu Picchu and going to Montana. And um, I think I can't remember where I was taking my parents. I think we said, I think it was back to Tenerife because they used to go there a lot when they, you know, sort of 10, 15 years ago, I wanted to take them back, which we since done but I looked at I was like oh COVID you know I'm not going to do any of this oh, you know and might have said a rude word or two and and, <laughs> and then I don't know I was talking because I talk about vision boards a lot and I sort of do workshops and stuff but I I'd got my vision board out to talk about something and I looked and I realized that yes I wanted the shiny places and like sun and you know very sun worshiper but actually it was I was going to be spending time with the people I loved. Phil and I were going to do things together. I was going to spend time with my grandchildren and my kids and my parents. You know, that was really the essence. And over lockdown, Phil and I refurbished. We created a deck outside and made a nicer area to spend time in. We, you know, decorated the downstairs and knocked a wall down that we've been thinking about forever and just never really fitted in. Mm -hmm. My mum and dad came over quite a lot. So, so actually... It was the the experiences, you know, spending time with the people that really, really matter. I think that that was what I kind of got out. So, yeah, I mean, I've got a million photos on my phone and I probably will at some point do a slideshow with snacks and get everyone around and <laughs> ball the pants off them, you know. Um, but yeah, I think it was that, just that there are always choices. You know, the universe is an abundant place and sometimes we we need to focus on the things that are important and say no to the other stuff that you know like maybe we would buy something because we were too busy to think about it and then later you realize it's not the right thing for you you know so yeah if you yeah choices and and yeah that gratitude I think yeah absolutely and it's important isn't it to kind of remind yourself that what you focus on grows so if you are focusing on lack or if you're focusing on never having enough time to do the things that you want to do the universe will find a way to fill your time or it will find a way to drain your resources, whatever those resources are. And yeah, so it goes both ways. <laughs> yes. I have two, two mantras that I try and use. One is um, I always have time for the important things. Mm-hmm. So on a week where my list has got a list, <laughs> you know, I, I try and just say that. And then the thing I need to do next, just stick that on a post-it and just, I'm just doing one thing at a time. So I try and do that. I always have time for the important things. Um, And the other one is I create my own economy because every time I buy a coffee or say yes to a meeting that involves using my car or, you know, whatever it is, I'm I'm using those resources. And every time, like you say, you charge what you're worth and you say yes to all the right things, you know, I'm bringing money in. So those are my two little mantras that I try and remember to say every day. Yeah, they're they're good ones. My ones are I trust the process as it unfolds. Nice. And one that I don't use as much these days, but definitely one that helped me a lot 
last year and through the earlier parts of this year it, yeah. everything happens in its own divine timing yeah yeah because sometimes we can get very grumpy that things aren't happening as quickly as we want to and I remember the first couple of years in business like you know endlessly networking and talking about it and just thinking oh you know and you know I just wanted to create I wanted people to I wanted to be known for the things that we were good at you know I think that was it but now people will come and I've been I've been self-employed for 16 years discover your balance will be 10 I'll be 10 years old next uh May oh wow so it'll be interesting looking back at that over 10 years because definitely yeah the people we work with and the things we do you know we've worked with thousands of employees and stuff so it'll be yeah it'll be interesting but sometimes we do want things quicker and it's easy to get frustrated and then your energy dips or you get stressed and your fight or flight goes on and then you wonder why things aren't happening so yeah like I say trusting in that process and just trying to stay you know I sort of say how can I be a better person today than I was yesterday so not in mm. competition with anyone else so try and not <laughs> that comparisonitis thing you know try and but how can I help myself more? Like you say, you know, making sure you get enough rest, making sure you get outdoors, focusing on the right thing, trusting in the process and, and laughing and enjoying it. You know, so many times things happen to people and they go, oh, I was, I was going to do that. And they, and they haven't, you know, I'm like, do it. <laughs> Taking yeah, my back to America, you know, they're like, we're not fit enough. Yes, you are. You're coming. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. If we, if we, if we listen to every single sabotaging thought then we would never get out of our own way and do the things that actually bring us the most joy and gift us the memories that last a lifetime yeah Mm. yeah it's like oh what's the worst thing that can happen oh well okay let's just do it (laughs) absolutely I think it's a fantastic philosophy to work by so what projects have you got coming up or what award ceremonies what are you working on just to finish our our conversation up today Nikki yeah so the corporate well-being we were voted supplier of the year for um an organization called event well they look they look after the the health of um, people in the events professions. They're a great um, sort of third sector organisation. Um, that was really lovely. We'd done some work with them during lockdown. So it was nice to be recognised as one of their suppliers. They've got great people working with them. Um, and I'm a finalist in scale up of the year for the, for the publishing company, because before lockdown, I think we had three books in publication. And I think we're nearing 30. I can't remember whether I know we got to 25. So we must be nearing 30 books in publication, yeah. you know, business books, uh, inspirational books. We're publishing a poetry book next, you know, fictional stories. Um, so, yeah, I think so the publishing we've just we're sort of saying, how can we help people through the process? So we've got uh, how to write your book, um, aspiring author to bestselling book course that has come out we did a beta sort of come out again um in January we'll have a big focus on that um and we're writing a book called how to promote your book (laughs) it's hard it's a minefield it's an absolute minefield having been through the process and knowing that I've still missed stuff and I'm publishing in a very very short amount of time it's needed yeah, well, like you say, as a publisher, we have always said we're not a marketing, you know, we're not a marketing company. We're not a PR company. We will give you a really good book. But also we help people get to bestseller and we've done that quite a lot. So that's yeah, that book will come out next year. Um, on the corporate side, we've got um, our leadership courses as well as well-being courses. We're working with 
company's doing a, a like a leadership development program. So that's really exciting. And then on the my well-being front, like the personal well-being, we're relaunching my well-being club with some experts on like mindset and fitness and yoga. And, um, and also we've extended the mentoring. We used to work with people for six weeks, but now we've put a 12-month program together. So people don't have to work with us for the 12 months, but if they want to really go into not just health and well-being, but uh, time management, maybe some leadership stuff like emotional intelligence, you know, it's not mental health is really important, but physical health and how you, your relationships with other people, your community, your culture, you know, that all has a part to play. So uh, yeah, we want to be the, the sort of go-to company for health and happiness in the wellbeing front. So yeah, we're just trying to step into that. <laughs> I think you are well and truly stepping into that, Nikki. <laughs> so how can people find you if they want to reach out and connect with your services and, and you obviously, not just your services? <laughs> Yes, just <laughs> no, I love to I've just said I love to chat to people. So um discoveryourbounce.com is the website and it's split, it's all colour coordinated for three different brands. So you can go and find out all about those those kind of things. Um we have two communities on Facebook. We have Discover Your Bounce community, which is kind of the well-being positivity, and bouncy books, where we get authors like like you come in and I'm hoping I'm going to interview this you there soon. Um but yeah, for book lovers, and we have lots of jokey, funny memes about books, and yeah, so yeah, just two really nice spaces on on Facebook, um, and we have podcast, the My Wellbeing Show, which is on Apple and Spotify, um, and that was good. We got people on sleep and fitness and nutrition, and um, Christina from Strictly talking about mindfulness and yoga. So yeah, nice, good listen. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I'll link all that in into the show notes below, and yeah well keep it up it's amazing and you are making a real change so best of luck with it all and thank you for coming on and chatting with me today yeah it's been lovely to chat and I can't wait to uh, get your book I think there's one or two people I might be giving it to (laughs) brilliant well we can get the copies out soon anyway thanks for today Nikki thank you thank you bye thanks for 